Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. G'day, Steeler Nation, and welcome to uh, Behind the Steel Curtain. My name's Mark Davison. I'm your host today of Steelers uh, Touch Down Under, uh, and my co-host is uh, Jeff here. We actually have Maddie's out today. Um, he's out, you know, in the in the paddocks, uh, wrangling up the, all the kangaroos. He's a little bit too busy. So, Jeff, Jeff, mate, how's it going? What's what's going on? You're you're almost like you're our third Australian now, really. <laughs> I'm on, if I if I get honorary Australian status, I'll do the show all the time. Yeah, well, I still. Still with the, with the, with the idea of uh, around the twist, like that's something I, I didn't think American uh, people would know anything about. Oh, and for, for the listeners out there and the, the YouTube live guys, welcome everyone. Uh, around the twist is just, just an odd show that would have, you know, weird Australian um, unique ideas. And, and some of it was a bit scary. There was one little bit where a fox was hanging upside down and that was in the outhouse or the Danny. And that scared the living daylights out of these kids, and the kids had to investigate it. Uh, it was all, it was all quite strange. And when you're 12 years old watching that show, you kind of think back that shouldn't have been a show <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, diving in today's in today. So um, you know who we got, who we got a live chat here. We got Lumberzay. Oh, we got quite quite a few now. I love when this show starts, Jeff. I don't know about when you do your shows as well. As soon as you start the show, 46, 45 people come into the live chat. And we're all just here ready to talk uh, Steelers football. So we have Chad, uh, John, Jeff, uh, Wes, Tyler, Mike. Uh, yes, Mike, we, I do live in Australia. But Jeff, uh, where do you live? I live in uh, I live just north of Pittsburgh. Yeah, so he's pretty pretty far from Australia. Yeah. And and I'm also uh, it's not it's nine a.m. where I'm where I'm from now. So 
And I believe, what time is it there, Jeff, over in America? It is 7 p.m. 7 p.m. So, yeah, there's, what, 14-hour difference of, you know, of, of, oh of fandom here. Yeah, so I, I today's show, I really just wanted to crack in and get um, Jeff's idea on certain things of where the Steelers, like, franchise is sitting. Me and Maddie talked about it last week. Um, and, like, I'm not a big draft guy, and I think we've been talking about the draft almost, it feels like, a year now. So, Jeff, with, with the Steelers, like, in the title of the theme show today is which player will step up in 2021 um, and show Steeler fans, like you and myself and everyone in the live chat, that the standard is the standard. So who, who's going to step up? And we'll go through offense, uh, defense, and then special teams. Uh, and I'll give you my take after, after your take as well. So firstly, who's that guy? And it can be it can be a draft pick. It can be Big Ben. It may be even be a coach. Or who's the guy on offense that's going to be, that's going to lead the team to to get some more wins or push us past the playoffs? Who, who's the guy on offense? Well, you brought coach into it, so that's in, that that makes it easier for me. <laughs> uh, it's Matt Canada. I've 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 kind of said this a few times. I don't know if I'm at the at the beating a dead horse stage yet of this one, but in 2003, the Steelers were the worst run team in the NFL, and in 2004, they were one of the best. They changed one offensive lineman. They brought in an old Deuce Staley, and that's it. They changed the scheme. They changed the focus, and they ran the ball. And good things happen. So for me, Matt Canada, if he can get in there and change the mentality on offense, change the scheme, get the offensive line, you know, run block first, pass block second, we can see that kind of turnaround and really set up Ben Roethlisberger for another Super Bowl win because the times he's won, he's had, you know, a run game or he's had a great defense and at least a run game that was that was viable, you know, uh, when – 2010 they had it again but when they don't have it the team doesn't win in the playoffs you can't they just can't do it you can't lay everything on Ben Roethlisberger so Matt Canada it's a big task I hope he does yeah. it so so you're saying with the run game and it's, it's going to be the offensive guy is going to be the, the new fresh face in Canada now when you say run the ball how do we are we using just a lead back like 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 we did with Connor or are we using a, 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 a variant amount of people in that running back position, say, if we use Snell, McFarland, those guys, and we might get someone in the draft, or we might pick up a free agent, how many people in that backfield does it take to, to move this Steelers team beyond two yards? Because, like, let's, let's be – like, I, I, I don't know about you, and I brought this up in the, the, the podcast a few weeks ago. Coming 30 seconds in the, the rush game is abysmal. It's, it's something you cannot do. Like, yeah. what are your thoughts on the 30-second and how do we – what do you do? Like, honestly, it, 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 it boggles my mind thinking about that placement of 30 seconds. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go back to through five games. A third of the way into the season, they were a top-10 run team. I mean, we dropped from top-10 to the worst in 11 games. It's incredible how bad the run game was for the Steelers uh, for two-thirds of the season. It was absolutely terrible. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's that was it was awful to see. And and you saw it when teams just were selling out on the pass. Linebackers they they were dropping linebackers back farther than they normally were to sit on those slants to chase Claypool those post routes, uh, and they were taking away Juju Smith Schuster and Chase Claypool's best routes with linebackers because they didn't need to come up and defend the run. They didn't need them. 
They could just defend the run and, and have those guys play back. And that, that just is killer. When the linebackers are playing back and you still can't run the ball, that's just awful. And to me, it's as much scheme as it is as it was performance. Yeah, the offensive line was injured, and the more injuries the offensive line had, the worse the run game was. But also, the more we got into you know, Ben Roethlisberger in shotgun with three wide receivers, a tight end in line, and Eric Ebron, and one running back, and we're going to hand off, and he's going to run you know, past Roethlisberger off tackle every single time. The run game got predictable, and teams were just sitting on it. They, they, they knew how to sit on the jet sweep, and there was just nothing there. We, we ran only a few run plays, and none of them worked because teams were used to them. So the scheme really – we can get a good coordinated run game going and run the pass offense off of that instead of, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is our quarterback. He can throw 50 times, and then if teams are scared enough of him, we can slip some runs in there. We, you can't do it like that. So, so with that run game, did you think – now, I'm trying – like, as a Steeler fan, I've been watching the game for a long time, and I try and – you know, because we don't really play it here in Australia, uh, and all I really see and how I figure the game out is on TV, so it's only on that what you see is what you, what you get kind of mentality. Now, with, with the run game, were, they, were the defenses bringing down their safeties and adding an extra man in the box and trying to really, you know, to figure us out and then say, well, they're going to run it, and we've got enough people there that, that, that we can – we can stop them. Like, how, how did that work? How did the defenses? Do you think they changed their mentality? Where it didn't, it did, they already they already knew what play was coming, right? To a certain extent, would that be? Yeah, correct? yeah. The offense was getting kind of predictable, not exact play, but they knew what to fear, um, and they did not fear the deep ball. What the bet when the offensive line was getting worse, Ben Roethlisberger wasn't holding the ball long enough for deep balls to go out there because he was taking hits when he did, and. If he's taking hits, he's leaving the game. Like he's he's old enough, he can't be taking those hits. Um, so so once they knew that, it, it wasn't really safeties in the box. It was linebackers were backing up, safeties were coming forward, and they were really choking off those intermediate pass routes. And that's why you saw our offense devolve into like quick, you know, five yard turnaround routes from Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster because they knew that's all we could throw. When they knew Ben Roethlisberger was gonna was gonna get rid of the ball quick. And the one time we saw them get away from that was the win against late in the season uh, was the win against Indianapolis, where in the second half, Ben Roethlisberger realized, hey, you know what? The, the line's actually protecting me against a pretty good pass rush. And he started taking shots downfield and the Steelers won that game. Uh, that's, I mean, that's really it. The, 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 the offensive line falling apart really crushed the passing game and that, that crushed the last bits of the run game because people just knew. They just knew you don't have to have people deep. You can have people intermediate. And then as soon as the running back gets going, it's it's over. I, I tell you what, what, what for me might be the most frustrating part, and hopefully this might answer your question uh, with the, the guy who's going to change it up will be Matt Canada. Now, the most frust frustrating part for me as a fan, I know for others out there in Steeler Nation all around the world, is that what happened and why do you think the Steelers on the offensive coordinator, Randy Finkner, he would consistently use, just use those first five to ten plays, and they're always the same. It didn't. It didn't. Nothing ever happened where I think we always went three and out. We did. We got a run. We did a uh, a screen pass. We went backwards, and nothing really came out of that mentality. And it seemed to frustrate me the most when uh, you have the whole week, you have one week to prepare for this team, and you come out with this with a similar game plan to last week. Um, and it frustrated me even more when the game plan last week worked and they used that again. 
and they already figured you out and were like, well, where, where are you meant to go? <laughs> um, so I think, like, is, do you think there will be a massive difference between Matt Canada coming out being more creative and not going zero and three? And because there's no, sometimes there wasn't even a point to take possession. Um, take possession or go down and put seven on the board. What's the point if you can't move that uh, ball 10 yards and get a first down? So will Matt Canada um, have, a be- have a better go, do you think, than, than Finkner? Yeah, actually, that's uh, where you're talking about our, our scripted plays. That's a really yeah. good point uh, because Randy Feekner's whole idea of offense, he talked about all season, you know, take what the defense gives you. So those first series of plays were a bunch of different things to test. Okay, how are they going to defend this play? How are they going to defend these types of routes? How are they going to defend these types of runs? And then we'll see what the defense is going to give us and we'll run plays after that based on that. Randy Feekner's scripted plays were just a basic set of like, how are you going to defend these different things? That's all he wanted to see. But the problem was the whole strategy of take what the defense gives you failed. Defense has figured out how to give us what they want. Like you're basically saying, hey, how do you want us to play football today? You know, and if you if you ask your opponent, how do you want us to play football today? The answer they give you isn't going to be a good one for you to win. You know, they're going to set you up to lose. That's what their goal on defense is. If you if you took Dick LeBeau's defense and you said, we'll just take what he gives you. Well, yeah, you know, you're taking two yard routes. You're not running the ball. You're taking two yard routes and you're not going to win. Like you couldn't do that. You have to find ways to attack what the defense has, not just take what they give you. So for me, Matt Canada is exactly the right guy to follow this because in, in college, he was the guy that would set up a defense and then exploit it. Like he'd be like, you're, we're going to get you working hard to defend this thing. And we're going to attack you somewhere else. We are going to dictate to you what you're going to do through how we attack you. Uh, so for me, I, I hope Matt Canada is able to to do what he did in college in the NFL because he attacks defenses instead of sitting around and saying, you know, defense, what, what are you going to allow us to do? What can we do today? You know, like some kid asking their parents, can I play on my computer today? You know what? No, this is, this is the NFL. Go take it. You know, punch your parents. No, I'm not going there. Never mind. I'll stop. So, so to your point with Matt Canada, do you, so that kind of seems to me that Matt Canada's offense is playing uh, chess and Randy Finkner was late to playing checkers. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he just, yeah. he did, just didn't like. If you're, do you play chess at all? If you no, ever play chess, if you, if you ever play someone, I had a cousin whose strategy to play people with chess was just to do whatever move the other person did. That's Randy Feekner's offense. He's watching what you do, and then he's just doing the same thing. And and if you don't really know what you're doing, you're like, what? What are you doing? Like, what are what are you even doing? But once you, if you if you know if you know chess at all, you're like, okay, kid. Now I'm just going to destroy you. Like, I know how to set you up. Uh, that's 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 Randy Feekner's offense, and that's that's why he got fired. <laughs> to, to that point, I think with Randy Feekner, the only way I guess that if you show your cards and you. you you see the same plays. The only way that in my mentality how that really works is if you execute the play and you're the stronger stronger stealer versus the Raven on the field, right? You're the stronger hat on the hat. We're going to run this ball here. You know you're getting it, but we're going to execute our play and win. But what yeah. I do like about your point with Matt Canada, so you're saying that he might set up a few plays to where he's going to invite the defense um, into their living room and they're going to have that show them, where, oh, we're going to get this today. 
and he might already have a counteracted plan to exploit that. That's what I love, and that's what I what I what I hope he would do. Because could you imagine that if, if he sets uh, you know terminology phases me here, but if you bring people in, um, set up the screens and all those kind of halfback things, next minute they're all coming in and he goes five wide and he's playing. He's, he's no, we're, we're still more of a passing game today. So you yep. think you think Matt Canada's going to be a bit more imaginative on that side, eh? Oh yeah, I I really hope. I mean, we haven't seen him really call a game. Uh, and the one the one scary thing was week seventeen. <clears throat> he had the headset on. He had the sheet. It looked like he was calling plays from from the fan perspective on television. It looked like uh, Matt Canada was actually calling the plays for Mason Rudolph in week seventeen, but they ran the same stuff. And I was looking, I'm like, I was waiting. I, I kept waiting to be like, come on, come on, Matt, show us something, you know? Uh, but that wasn't his offense to install, I guess. But this year, hopefully, yeah, if we get a regular preseason, especially if we get a regular offseason, they get a training camp together at St. Vincent, like Art Rooney wants. If they get that time, he gets that time to work in, you know, work with Ben, work with the offensive line, do all that stuff. I, I think it could be really, really something. The other thing is, the other side of that is the offensive line. Because that's going to really, really tie it together. We've got uh, Adrian Clem, the new offensive line coach. You know, Dotson's going to be starting. We all loved what he did last season. Hopefully, David DeCastro is healthy because uh, those guards are going to have to anchor the line. I'd love for Zach Banner to be back. He was a good run blocker. And then hopefully we address the center position because B.J. Finney's a good, really good backup. He is exactly the guy you want as your second string, uh, but he's not the guy you want as your starter. What are your thoughts, uh, Jeff, on say, you know, sometimes you hear this in the NFL where coaches might be saving their best plays uh, or the unique uh, sets or things of that nature for, for, for big playoff games or big opportunities to, to verse rivals. What are your thoughts if, if Matt Canada has these like crazy ideas to use the ball and actually have a chance to win game? Do you just um, do you go out and use those plays straight up or are you saving them for special occasions? Have you heard about that, that idea before? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I think, I don't think Matt Canada is that guy who has like, all right, here's my, here's my book of like 15 really cool plays that I need to save. Right. I, I, he's the way his offense works, the way he adapts to things. I think he's a guy who can look at, you know, okay, we did this, this is how they're going to adapt to that. And then can we show them that, but, but hit them somewhere else? You know, like he's going to, he, he's an, I think he's a constantly evolving counter puncher is, is, and that's what you want as an offensive play caller. You want a guy who's like, all right, I'm going to throw you a good punch. And as soon as you start adapting to that punch, I got a counter for it. And when you adapt to that, I've got a counter for that. And when you adapt to that, I'll draw stuff up. We'll counter it. You know, we'll figure it out and we'll keep, we'll keep attacking where you, where you can't, you know, when you try to defend our strengths, we're going to attack where you're weak. Well, that's that's what I kind of like because even like as a businessman, you're not going to save you. You know this this plan is going to make me money in uh, say three years time. If you want to be a successful business, businessman or an idea or a creative person like that, you're gonna you're gonna keep developing plays and ideas and keep and then keep everyone guessing in the league. And we know that ha that didn't happen with Finkner, and that's why I bring it back to that 30 second running game. Um, and it just made you feel like as a fan, and when you wear the jerseys, and today I'm wearing Troy Palmer as always, and he actually retired today. I saw on uh, Facebook or over, over actually tomorrow it might be for you guys. I don't I don't know how that works, but yeah, you just wanted the, you wanted the coaches to I don't know use use the best play exploit exploit the player. And from my from my knowledge, and I know 
you've got to exploit that player on the defense who's the weakest person. It's your strongest person against their weakest person. If their linebacker's weak, exploit him. Maybe use some some um, some motion and get some tight ends over the over the middle and really you know get at him. You've seen it when the Patriots have done it to us. Mm-hmm. Um, we're losing by seventeen points and Edelman was wide open. You're like, and then people watching the game, you're like, oh, you're going to win. You're like, I don't think so. <laughs> you can just kind of see that that game. It's, yeah. it's same, similar to chess again. Maybe the game is already over. You've still got pawns on the field or players on the field, but Bill Belichick or whoever is already in front of you is dictating that game all over the field. And that's something I think with this with culture and what I'm trying to get at with this, this whole theme today, we haven't really had that like in the last, I think, five years. Is that due to to, to think that they're, in, to, to a lack of a better word, being boring on the offense? Well... Okay, I want to, I want to, because mostly yes, uh, but I want to give a caveat there because what you're talking about, like how to attack linebackers and things. If you go back to 2019, Devlin Hodges starts against the Los Angeles Chargers, right? They had linebackers who couldn't pass cover, and if you look at what the Steelers did, they went straight after those linebackers with the running backs, and it was that game where I sat there, I'm like, well, maybe Randy Feekner isn't isn't bad you know maybe this is maybe this is ben maybe ben's just not you know allowing the offense to be different and creative uh but then 2020 rolls around even late 2019 the offense was predictable they couldn't get anything going 2020 ben comes in you have that good start but they they couldn't get like canada's motions and things that they were using later they really couldn't integrate them well um so i don't i don't know if that's Purely Randy Feekner. I don't know if that's the Randy Feekner with Ben Roethlisberger together. Um, I don't know if it's a learning curve. They didn't have much of an offseason last year. Uh, obviously, they talked about, Ben Roethlisberger talked about Canada worked with the run game. You know, he didn't work much with the passing game in the offseason. They're trying to add Matt Canada's influence to the passing game, like piece by piece as the season went on. And it, it just didn't work. You, you can't do that. You're basically running two separate offenses. You had a different offense for a run game than you did for a passing game, and it just became obvious. Teams could pick that up. So I don't know fully if it's we got rid of Andy Feigner, we got rid of the boring, or if this is we've got to get through Ben Roethlisberger's learning curve, like we did with Todd Haley's offense, where his first season under Todd Haley wasn't that great, but then it kept getting better after that as Ben Roethlisberger got more comfortable with the offense. Uh, so that's that's kind of the caveat there. That's the worrisome thing is uh, how fast can Ben pick this up? And it's not it's not just Ben's willingness either. Ben Roethlisberger isn't a quarterback who thinks on the field. He's a guy who's at his best when he's just out there relaxed and playing. So it's not just does he know the offense? No, he's got to have enough experience in the offense, has to know what he's doing enough that he doesn't have to think about it. Because when he's out there thinking, it's bad. It just takes him out of his game. There, there are games you can tell. He's like thinking, okay, I'm going here. I'm looking at that. And I'm going, and you'll see him just, you're like, what is he looking at? You're looking at, you watch the film. You're like, who is he looking at? Is he, he's switching targets, but it doesn't make sense. And then he's throwing a ball. And you're like, that's not the, that's, there was a guy open over here, but you could tell he's in his head and he's thinking and he's not just playing. Uh, he's one of those guys that when he just relaxes and plays, he's fantastic. But that does mean he's got a longer learning curve. Uh, so 
we'll we'll see what he does. He got some of that out of his system last year, and he by the end of the season, like I wrote a piece about his terrible RPOs early in the season, how bad they were. Yeah. RPOs made a comeback late in the season, and they weren't bad. They just they get took a half a season of work on it, and then they weren't bad. So there's some of that offense that is already in Ben Roethlisberger's you know mind and in his toolkit. Just how much can they build on that, and how quickly can they build on that? That's that's the big question. I think it's just tough for Ben when Ben does overthink, and it's for some reason throughout his whole career. And I, I, he's one of the best, right? He's he's been in the NFL Absolutely. for seventeen years. He is he is the best, no matter how much you love him or hate him. I know a certain a lot of people do dislike Ben. Uh, we want want him to move on, but my only criticism to a little extent, but I, you can wear with it because we have been a, a great franchise, and we I think in the future we will be. This is setting up us for success. The only criticism I have is when we get down to the ten yard line, fifteen yard line. He always seems there's, there's a big I don't know what the stat is but there's a high percentage that he throws an interception there and you've got to walk away the points and that might you know cost you a game and I'm not too sure um, but on, on the other side he can still sling it 60 yards get you a touchdown and go three three touchdowns or get 400 yards so it's like he's not he's not a quarterback that you know stinks it's just say certain times and maybe that just comes with life anyway you can't always be perfect but I know when you're down in the in the red zone. You just want to come away with points sometime, times as well. Um, we might jump into, before we go to a break, uh, we might jump into a bit of defense. And on the, on the other side of part two, we might do defense or special teams as well. But defense, uh, Jeff, who, who's that guy in the locker room now? Uh, you said Canada for offense. Who's the guy on the defense that's got to who, take some ownership and, and, and get us some wins in 2021 and, and beat the Browns in the playoffs? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Browns. Um, <laughs> My big one is Devin Bush. I think he was he was starting to take that reign. He was starting to take the reins and be that guy in uh, in twenty twenty, and then he was out. Uh, he really is a guy that can set the tone and change the game defensively. We saw this defense hold on and still be really good with Vince Williams and Robert Spillane. Those two at linebacker, and the defense was still good. It wasn't until you know Bud Dupree goes down, and then Joe Hayden goes down. It wasn't until they lost other pieces that the defense really struggled. But Devin Bush brings them to a different level, a different level where they can be more aggressive. Players like he just he is so big on the field. He covers such a large area of the field uh, that he makes everything for everyone easier. Uh, saying that though, I don't want to discount. I don't want to discount the safeties. Because Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds have been getting better. 2019, they were thrown together. They had no preseason, no, nothing. They were they were learning each other on the fly how to play with each other. 2020, they were fabulous. Those two were really good together last season. Uh, a major strength of the team. 2021, they, they could really take a step up and just be a nightmare for opposing defenses. And I also don't want to sell short the defensive line because it's the Steelers. Everything starts with that line. Right. Wait, I said one guy. You're gonna name the whole. I know, team. I know. I just don't want people to think I'm shorting it. Devin Bush is my guy, but but that's because he wasn't here last season, right? He wasn't here for most of last season. That doesn't mean like he's the best player out there. Like the the defensive line, the safeties are big. I don't want to act like I'm discounting them. And it's the same. Don't think I'm saying Ben Roethlisberger isn't a great quarterback when I say that he, you know, is at his best when he doesn't have to think. He he is at his best when he is just making plays. But he still can think. He's not like he's not like he's dumb. You know, he he can still think. He can still make the plays. But he is at his best when he knows it so well. He doesn't have to think anymore. 
Well, that's what I like about our defense and actually throughout the years and why I'm a massive Steeler fan and a lot of us are in the live chat. And it, actually for this game, for me watching American football, that's when I was growing up when I was little. Um, remember the Titans, uh, you know, films like that and just the crunching tackles. It was always about defense. Like I'd love to see defense really warp someone. I'd love to see an interception. I'd love to see a suckle. I'd love to see uh force fumble, big hit, James Harrison. And for me, the guy on the defense this year, and I think we've had we've had a great defense um the last few years it's just that in certain games we didn't show up or we weren't ready and that might be coaching that might be something else but my my guys are saying when i wrote it down this morning my guy is uh devin bush as well when he went out the team the team just wasn't the, the same um you know you've got you guys on the edge and we could almost name everyone on the team pj Watt, high smith but bush being that leader and maybe maybe having someone next to him and, and if he can really communicate to the offense like uh vinnie williams didn't really step up he, he, I don't know where he's going to go, but he has a he has a pretty bright future for us because he's super fast. Like, yeah. and if he can run around the field and get and get things done, and if it's a third, if it's a third and twelve, and he says to, to the mates, uh, the boys in the field, let's get off, let's get off, let's 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 hammer this now, and and you know, and then once they're off on the on the sidelines and he's cheering, I want someone like that, and I think Bush has that big, um, you know, that that mentality to do that. Like, I think TJ's TJ Ward is great, but it's always good to see a leader like at the middle linebacker position who can see most of the field and let TJ just do his thing, be, be a lone wolf out there, let him get three sacks. But Bush needs to be that that leader on the defense. And like him coming into, is it, it's his first, third season. That's correct, isn't it? Yep, third season. Yep, so third season. Um, do, you, do you see him having like a breakout year? How do you even count that with last year with, with the injury? Yeah, I think it could be a breakout season. Obviously, his first season was a dang good season. Uh, and in the second season, he took on a ton of more responsibility. So his stats were down. But if you watch the film, he was a better player. He was a better player. He just wasn't the guy collecting stats. That wasn't his job out there. Um, so for his third season, I, I can't wait to see what they do with him. I like Some of the things they were doing on defense, uh, I've talked about before. But there were plays you're just like, I sent I sent one to Kevin Smith and I was like, what what is Devin Bush doing here? And Devin Bush is like, and Kevin Kevin comes back to me and he's like, uh, this is what I think he's doing. He gave me an answer and he's like, but that doesn't make sense. Why would you ask a linebacker to do all that? Why would you ask a linebacker to like cover like that? That's crazy. And I'm like, that's what I was thinking. Like he's doing stuff that linebackers just don't do. He they Steelers were asking him basically to be like a Keekly. Like, uh, you know, like one of those like elite, uh, uh, you know, back uh, Brooks back in the day for Tampa Bay. One of those linebackers that just do things linebackers can't do. And the Steelers were asking him to do that in his second season. And he was doing pretty well at it. He was actually doing pretty darn well at it. Uh, so we'll see where he ends up. He, the sky is the limit for that guy. Well, well with that point, and just before we go to break, there's one more question for the defense and for Bush. We both agree he's going to be that guy in the locker room, will he have the intuition like a Troy Palomalu and, like you said, just do certain things where it's not – you can't coach that, um, you know, read a play that no one really thought about. Or do you think that in development he's going to turn into that kind of player? Like no one's Troy, but Bush does seem like a special talent and how fast he is and and he's gritty. Like when I watched him play, he's not, he's not like the, big, the, the biggest man. He's not like that high or whatever. But he seems to tackle them hard. And he seems to be like, "Come on, run at me! This is this is my yeah. game." What, what do you think? Do you think he's got Troy elements in him? 
Uh, I'd go away from Troy. I don't, I don't, I, I can't compare people to Troy. Uh, Ryan Shazier was actually a little more Troy Palomalo as a linebacker than, than Devin Bush is. Devin Bush to this day reminds me of Ray Lewis. Uh, he's like a Ray Lewis for the modern game. He's not as big. He's not as downhill. I'm going to throw your fullback on the ground and tackle your running back and probably kick your quarterback in the face on my way doing it. Like he's not that guy. He's more modern era football where you have to be much more active in coverage. But he, to me, is kind of that Ray Lewis person, that solid presence in the middle that you suddenly notice he's been dominating a game. Like it doesn't like unless people are saying, look at Ray Lewis, look at Ray Lewis. You, you don't really notice him as much. He's not making splash plays. He's not making all that, but he's just consistently in the right position, consistently where the, the offense doesn't want him to be. And, and he's just messing everything up. That's, that's Devin Bush. I think I even told a few, few uh, uh, chapters back on the podcast how I, when I went to Houston, I had Ray Lewis tackle me or, you know, nudge my shoulder. And I was like, this is unreal when I was um, on, on TV. And that was, you know, quite crazy. And when you, when you see these blokes, for me, like I'm 6'2", uh, I don't know, about, I don't, we guys do pounds, aren't you? I'm 6'2", 90 kilos, not the biggest bloke. But when Ray, Ray Lewis was next to me, they're just massive. They're just massive human beings. Um, and as he walked past me, he gave me a shoulder budge, and I went, I'd probably pay money to get tackled by one of these blokes, to be honest. It's, <laughs> it's, it's quite weird. Uh, with that note, we might wrap up uh, part one. So if you're on the audio side, if you're you know, listening around the world, just make sure you click uh, part two. If you're on YouTube, we're going to crack into uh, slinging and slang in part two. And just more of this culture. I want to see what, what Jeff's idea around the Steelers and how we're going to transition uh, a, a success from Ben into, into the future. So stick around for part two in just a few moments. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.